a number of years ago, uh, back in the pontificate of uh, Pope St. John Paul II, he went to Paris uh, for one of his World Youth Days. It was one of the bigger ones. Uh, it was three or four million uh, young people. And they were gathered there for the Mass on the closing day in Paris. And he opened up his homily by saying, young people, what are you doing with your baptism? And then he began to explicate what that question meant. Huh? What are you doing with your baptism? That's a great question for all of us, isn't it? What are we doing with our baptism? We're given, we're given life in Christ for a reason. Well, what are we doing with that? And we're called to be salt and light. The thing about salt and light is that they're not for themselves, they're for those people who receive them. Salt brings savor, flavor, vitality, preservation. If you're salt, that's what you bring. You, you make life uh, savor, you make it vital, powerful, and flavorful, and potent. You make life that for other people, because it's not for you. Salt, if you're salt, it's not for you. It's like you bring it and it changes people in your life. So the same thing with light. It isn't for itself, but it reveals beauty, but also ugliness in the world. And so if you're light, you are bringing a revelation into the peoples around you and saying, this is, look, look see, and now act. Huh? Salt and light. Jesus doesn't say, I am the light of the world in this. He says, you are. We are salt. We are the light. We are the ones that don't exist for ourselves, but for the situations to which the Lord brings us to change them. Are, you, are we doing that? Now, one of the issues in the first reading, Isaiah, Isaiah is saying, you know, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, you know, take care of people. And there's God when you do that. And he's not saying that as a compliment to him. He's, he's calling them out because they're not doing it. Now, this part of Isaiah, he's talking about the Jubilee. For the, for the Jew, the Jubilee was a big deal. Every 50 years, get this, every 50 years, three things happened. If you owed money to anybody, that debt was forgiven. All right, you've racked up 20 grand on your Citibank card. Every 50 years, gone. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, so they, all their money, all their debts were forgiven. And if you uh, had lost your land, because for the Jew, land was everything, because that's where God lived. If you lost your land in some dispute or war or financial setback, they had to get the land back to you. You got your land back. And then if you were a slave... Every 50 years, that slave had to be set free. And what the Jews were doing, they were living it in a, sort of like a, a symbolic way in the breach. Huh? They weren't taking it seriously. That thing was God's life, and they were supposed to take it seriously and change things. And so there was a guarantee, as Isaiah is saying, every 50 years there was sort of a, a recalibration. And they were supposed to do that fully, and they weren't. So Isaiah is going after them. What were they doing? All right, every 50 years, oh, you owe me some money? Um, I'll, I'll set up an installment plan. But you're still going to pay me back. 
Oh, you, you want your land back? No way. It's mine now. But if you want to come on a Sunday with your family and have a picnic, just let me know, and I'll, I'll think about it. Oh, you know, you're my slave, and I'm supposed to set you free? No way. Take a few days off, but get back to work after that. That's how they were doing it, not taking it seriously at all. Which kind of goes back to the question John Paul asked these young people. Are you taking it seriously? Are you taking your faith seriously? Are you taking your obligations seriously as a Christian? Because wherever the Christian goes, there's supposed to be salt, there's supposed to be light. Wherever we are, things are supposed to change. Things are supposed to become better. Things are supposed to be more potent, more vital. Things are supposed to um, emerge from darkness into great light. Now, are we doing that? Sometimes we don't, for a lot of different reasons. We don't care, or we're bored, or, you know, we've kind of our faith is sort of just sort of this lukewarm thing that we hardly engage. Uh, maybe we're afraid. More often than not, it's that. Because if I go out in the world and I start acting like Jesus, we all know the deal, right? Here's a, here's a little litmus test for you. Uh, when you go to a restaurant, there's a lot of people, and you're with your family, do you guys pray? Right there in the middle of the restaurant, do you do that? If you do, how does that feel? Maybe after a while it gets to be normal, but initially, it's like, ah, people are looking at me, and, and here you are. You know, you got maybe dad or mom saying, all right, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the waitress is here and she's taking an order for a hamburger and fries with somebody. And this person's over here, you know, drinking their cocktail, looking at you all and saying, oh my gosh, those must be Catholics. They're crazy people. <laughs> Look at them. And that's just a minor thing. What are you doing with your baptism, I think, is a, is a good thing because wherever we are, we're supposed to change things. Bob Barron, Bishop Bob Barron said recently, but isn't it ironic that the greatest places of death and destruction and war and murder and savagery and man-made mass death of the last hundred years took place where? In predominantly Christian nations. Central Europe and the war, the Great Wars, Russia, you know, during the, the communism and all that, and, you know, Stalin's the biggest butcher in all of human history. And that's a, a deeply Russian Orthodox Christian nation. Germany, deeply Christian nation. Mexico in the revolution where millions died, uh, you know, 100 years ago. A deeply Catholic nation. United States, over the last 50 years, 60 million babies. Deeply Christian nation. Because isn't that ironic? What happened? Simple people not living out their baptism. Little by little, step by step, the corrosive influence erodes culture, society, politics, government, media, entertainment, our souls. What's the answer? Do your job. Do your job. Now, the sphere of our concern is huge. We think, uh, we look at the world and we're, what are we concerned about? You know, a lot of things. 
Most of it we can't do anything about except pray and keep our wits about us and, and try not to contribute to the, to the mayhem. Stay out of things. I'm like, what? All right, I can't do anything about that Chinese balloon. <laughs> it bothers me. But I can't do anything about it. Except maybe, you know, change the way I vote or whatever. That's, that's not an immediate thing. You know, what, you know, what about, uh, you know, floods? I can't do anything about that. I can pray for those people. And, you know, what about things that might even happen in my own community? Yeah, it's getting closer. I can participate maybe in some of those things, but our, our sphere of concern is huge. But it's really the small thing in the middle. The sphere of our influence, which is so small. What is that? What is the sphere of your influence? Where do you have control or influence or an effect in your life? What is it? It's your, it's your marriage. It's your kids. It's your friends. It's your school. It's where you go to work. It's the people you hang out with. It's what you watch on TV. It's what you let your kids do or not do. It's how you spend your money. It's how many kids you uh, are open to that the Lord wants you to have. Huh? Things like this. That's where you're, that's, that's the bullseye. That's what we're all going for. Now, you look at that, you say, in that area where I have my greatest power, am I living on my baptism? Am I being salt? Am I being light? In other words, where I am is the world better. My family better because I'm, I'm living out my baptism. Is my marriage better because I'm, I'm doing what Jesus tells me to do in my marriage? Is Jesus the one who's dictating how I live out all those other things? How I, you know, how I raise up my kids and how I treat my friends and what kind of person I am at school, when my parents aren't there watching, how I speak, what I listen to, what I watch. Is Jesus the one who is living through me, salt and light, baptism, going out? And then as he comes out of me, I go out into the world and I change it, doing what the Israelites failed to do, you know? And what was that thing about the debt and the land and the, and the, and the slavery? It wasn't about this world ever. That was symbolic. What it really means is, is you, you, you want your debt forgiven? Jesus dies on the cross and forgives your sins. That's the debt. You want your land back? Who cares about this world? You get a, you get a, you get a homeland in heaven. And, and, and you, you want to be released from slavery? Live out your baptism and the forgiveness of, of sins, which is true slavery. That's it. When we do that, the world changes. Little by little, sphere of influence by sphere of influence, the world becomes what the Lord intended it to be. A sign of the life of the world to come. Right now, in our place, at our time, in our families. That's what we do. And you can say, oh gosh, I wish I had done a better job. Stop it. We all make mistakes. And sometimes we do drop the ball. And sometimes we don't live on our baptism. And sometimes it's had a great effect and our marriages and our families and, and, the, and our friendships. But you can start today. Don't complain and don't moan about past failures. Rather say, what can I do now?
Because it's all in the Lord's hands anyways. He's the one who works it to the good. He's the one whose power makes it all happen in the first place. Just let him use you to go out and make those changes starting now. You know, the biggest regret I hear is that parents will come to me and say, I, I don't know what I did wrong, but my kids don't go to Mass anymore. Or they don't practice, or they don't like, they don't like the church, or this or that, or the other thing. Stop it. You know? They're adults. They make choices too, huh? What can you do? Live out your baptism. But do it the way the Lord tells us to. That light put on a, on a pedestal is, is, a, is, a, is an invitation to joy. So whatever it is you do, do it with joy. It is only by your love, it is only by joy that your husband, your wife, your kids, your friends are going to accept the gospel, the presence of Jesus, and the changes in the world that happen as a result of it. It's only by your joy that that's ever going to become something fruitful. So no more complaining, no more bemoaning, and don't do it with a sad face. Get out in the world, and with joy and love, be Jesus. And then you start to see things change. Amen? All right, there we go. Uh, uh, A litmus for living. Praise God. Now, I got something to tell you.